0: Welcome to Connecting the Community Podcast. I am your host Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking to Peter Dennis about his new book, The Channeling Connection, The Process, The Beings, and The Message. This is not his first book. He's written several others. Peter is a long-time Richmond Hill resident, and I also regard him as a long-time friend. He has stood with me in the evolution of connecting the community so I am very glad that he is on this Connecting the Community podcast. Welcome, Peter.
1: Well, thank you, Marge. Pleasure to be here. It's always fun speaking with you. Yeah,
0: yeah. we have good yeah. conversations. So, yes, I'm looking forward to, to this conversation. Peter, can you tell us a little about yourself and lead into what has had you write
1: this new book? Hmm. I sometimes puzzle over that myself as to what prompted me to write the book. But um, my background basically is business, uh, I spent uh, just under 40 years in uh, industry. I worked for KPMG, Pillsbury, a number of firms you never heard of. And uh, I was a human resources professional for all those years. Um, I retired in 2008 and uh, became a hypnotherapist. And uh, I did some of the usual things that um, a hypnotist would do. I worked with people who wanted to quit smoking, overcome certain fears, things like that. A lot of what um, people were beginning to ask me for were past life regressions. And so I did a few of those. And I found every once in a while, I would get somebody reporting that they had an existence on another planet. And this really baffled me. I didn't know that humans ever incarnated elsewhere. But anyway, um, I pursued it. I uh, invited a number of my clients who I thought wouldn't be too spooked out by it, and who I knew were good subjects uh, for hypnosis and who we had regressed before. And um, there were 13 of them. Six of them agreed to do it. And five of them all ended up channeling. Um, Karen Ashby, who I think you know, uh, was the first. And uh, she reported she was in a spaceship observing Earth. And uh, pretty soon the conversation began to change. It was uh, along the lines of, uh, rather than I, it was we. And it just clued, somehow clued in with me that, uh, hey, this isn't a past life regression anymore. You're channeling. And they said, yes, yes, we are. And uh, I said, well, who are you? And they said, well, we're the Palladians. And uh, so from there, um, I guess today I've had 77 individuals I've worked with who are all channelers. And uh, a dozen of them were channelers before they met me, but the rest, um, I've been able to assist them to become channelers.
0: Ooh, interesting. Can you really (laughs) define what channeling is?
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of like... uh, asking someone to describe their car, uh, you don't know all the intricacies of it, uh, but you know how to drive it. Um, Channeling somewhat the same way, if you can imagine an off-planet being, an extraterrestrial, for example, who wants to get some messages to humanity, they may find a channeler who they can work with. And the way they do it is they lower their vibration, the human channeler raises his or her vibration so that they kind of come in alignment with each other. Then the being can send a telepathic message to the channeler, and the channeler brain, voice box, vocal cords, all the apparatus involved in speech will deliver that message orally. So it becomes quite fluid and fluent. Such that you can actually carry on a conversation with this extraterrestrial, with the channeler, just being the intermediary who kind of instantaneously flashes the message back, back and forth. Hmm.
0: Is Are there common denominators for channelers? Like, how would you describe someone who's a channeler?
1: Generally, they're pretty spiritually evolved. Uh, they've got a good sense of the creator and how they fit in and things like that. Uh, they tend to be very oriented towards helping others. Um, I think you could probably find such traits as kindness, compassion, generosity, things like that among them. Occasionally, I get somebody showing up saying, I'd like to be a channeler. And when I ask why, they say, well, I think it's kind of cool, like... it." Uh, make a lot of money as a channeler. Uh, No, that's not the kind of motivation. But there are many people who say, look, I've had a little bit of experience healing, for example, I do Reiki or touch for health, things like that. And I seem to be getting these nudges or messages, or I sometimes get visions or I see things. And uh, so they describe how their life's unfolding like that. And uh, I think, yeah, they want a channel; they probably can. Okay. So, what is your role? I kind of facilitate the process. You know, somebody comes in and says, "I'd like to channel," and we have a discussion, and I determine that, yeah, I think they'd be a good candidate. Then uh, we go through a fair process, and it certainly helps being a hypnotist because I can get them to relax, and when they're very relaxed, they tend to open up. And when they open up, a being um, can start to channel through them. Now, it's a long process, and I don't think we have time to do it here, Marge, or to um, get into all the detail. But I do uh, ask them to issue an invitation to a being of the light, someone from the fifth dimension of consciousness and up, someone who may have had experience with humans, may have been a human, and we ask Archangel Michael to stand by just to ensure that only beings of the light need come by.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Um, has there always been Chandler's? Has there always been this communication? Do you think there's
1: more of it now? Yeah. Uh, you can trace it back to the Oracle of Delphi. I, I think you've probably heard of that. And, um, uh, Certainly, in the recent 100 years, there's been Jane Roberts who channeled Seth. I don't know if you've seen the Seth books or not. but They go back to the 1950s, I think. But I first got aware of it in the 1990s. And even then, I think you could count the channelers that you could become aware of on one or two hands. Today, you can go online and there's hundreds, if not thousands of them online. Uh, So I think there are more people channeling today. And I think uh, because of that, there is more awareness of channeling. Mm. Humanity is going through an evolutionary step right now. Um, People in the spiritual community call it ascension. Just means that we're raising our vibration, we're expanding our awareness, we're moving forward on an evolutionary scale. And with that comes abilities. Uh, Some people would call them psychic abilities. Uh, Some would be mediumship. Some are channeling. So more people are open to it. More people have done away with the things that block it, such as fears and traumas and things like that. So, uh, yeah, there's lots more of it these days, I think.
0: Okay, so your book really helps with this awareness and this bringing out of this ascension? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in reading through your lengthy description of um, y- these Chandlers, um, I wonder, do you have a favorite Chandler?
1: <laughs> oh, Marge, I'm not going to play favorites. So.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> these are all lovely people. And, okay. Um, Had to ask if there was a- Yep. These are beautiful people. And, okay. Uh, You know, you might say, uh, How about the beings they channel? Um, Do I have favorites there? Um, I kind of like the dragons. And uh, who's going to turn down uh, uh, Ascended Master uh, Jesus? Uh, uh, There's a a lot of great ones out there, Marge. It's pretty, it's impossible to pick a favorite.
0: A favorite. Okay. Now, you list 20 of them in your book. These are channel guides and they include jesus angels archangels gaia the galactic found uh foundation like how did you discern this list i think it is unique to your book
1: and is it a definitive list it is no not at all it's uh it's 20 actually marge that i from you know i've been doing this for about five years and probably i've uh, had I would say over 600 recorded conversations with these channelled beings. So, given that, I sort of sat back and say, "Okay, top 20, who they got to be?" And uh, I just kind of picked the top 20 as I saw it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, from time to time, I kind of look at the list and wonder if there's anybody left out that would be important for people to know about. And uh, I'm happy with these. <laughs> You know, uh, there are a mix of uh, beings that are physical. Uh, Most of them are not physical any longer. You know, we only have bodies so that we can do certain things. And you have certain experiences. After we've had those experiences, we don't need them anymore. So we discard them. and We go back to our natural spiritual state. So most of these are um, spiritual beings, actually. Many of them have been uh, physical at some time or other. Um, but um, no, I, I think, you know, you could argue and say, well, maybe some other civilization should have been included. Yeah, fine. Do that in your book. This is okay. my book.
0: Okay. so Okay.
1: Now, you have put
0: forth in this book some ideas that certainly challenge the norms. I felt it might be like being in the era where the general notion was, you know, the earth was flat. Many of your ideas have you know parallels to science fiction novels. How do you feel about my comparisons? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's fair. Uh, some of the things from Star Trek, for example, the communicators uh, uh, everybody's got one today <laughs> yeah uh, the, the uh, Transponders, um, we've got those in laboratories, not with people yet, but with uh, with objects. Um, so science fiction's on the leading edge of human thought. And sometimes that human thought is prompted by others. Gene Rodenberry, for example, I, I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard he lived with a channeler. Uh, and Steven Spielberg, I understand from my sources, um, has been prompted a little bit as well. Now, they're the only two who have done E.T. things that were friendly. <laughs> All the others were, you know, creating monsters and such. But, um, you of sight of, oh um, oh, yeah, the comparison to um, science fiction. Um, well, yeah, Marge, you know, imagine we were sitting around uh, with a group of us, um, say, two, three hundred years ago, and somebody said, let's go to Mexico. And somebody said, well, I have a horse and a cart. You know, if we did that, we'd get there in about six months. What if somebody said, let's fly? This is 200 years ago. There's maybe three. You know, what would the reaction be? Well, this guy's crazy. I'll lock him up. You know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, kill him. <laughs> Who knows? So, yeah, some of these ideas are uh, not common. Um I think, though, when you get into them and you pay attention to them, there's nothing offensive here. It's all helpful. These messages are upbeat. They're healing. They're empowering. Uh, They're helpful. Um, Nothing to uh, take offense about that I can see. So, um, yeah, they're ideas. An important point is uh, I'm not trying to sell anybody on this stuff. You know, I'm saying here it is. This is what's hit me. And I have opinions, but why don't you read it and have, have your own opinion? Um, you know, uh, actually, that's one of the messages from the beings: is humans have got to learn to be discerning. You know, we just follow blindly along whatever government or media tells us, and uh, we don't pay yeah. attention very much at all. Yeah. So I'd say the same thing here: be discerning. Okay. Be disturbing. yeah.
0: The, uh, very good message. So I think what you've written both explains some of the unexplained things, but you also raise a
1: lot of questions. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've had a number of people review this book, and uh, yeah, they say, "What about this? What about that?" <laughs> I said, "Look, everything I've written raises probably more questions than it resolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have to draw." Of borders around this thing and say, Look, I'm going to write about what the beings have told me. And if you have questions about that, uh, you're going to have to take it up with them outside of this book.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so, your book, it's not a l- long book. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I, I skimmed through it. So, um, I feel like um, I should have taken more time. Uh, I know you like ebooks. I don't. Uh, but I really felt like I would, it's a book that you'd want to be sitting under a nice big tree and reading. Uh, so what do you think?
1: Well, I agree. Um, I think everyone's different and paperbacks, e-books and audiobooks appeal to different parts of the population. Um, I like ebooks under certain circumstances, I prefer paperbacks under others, and when I'm driving my car I prefer an audiobook. Mm-hmm. So this book this book will show up in all three versions eventually and uh, yeah I think um, people just have their preferences and that's fine.
0: Okay, so you um when is your book coming out? And it it's uh you it, you refer to a manuscript that's not been printed yet, correct?
1: Correct. Yes, I'm still waiting for two more channelers uh, to ch- oh, one has to channel for me and the other I've uh, she's done that. I've written the article and she is just reviewing it to make sure there's nothing that uh, she finds is omitted or in error. So when those two come back, uh, I will have all the pieces. Now, there are a lot of moving pieces to a book. You know, you've got to do a cover and a back cover. And uh, I'm getting reviews on this thing already. So I'm going to start putting them in as they come through. I'd like to get uh, a forward from uh, somebody. And I have someone in mind for that. But I won't be able to see that person for a few weeks. I I think to answer your question, Marge, um, September might be reasonable, but definitely this year.
0: Okay, and it will be available as a print copy and an ebook. Correct? Uh, it'll
1: be available in all three eventually. Okay. Uh, Amazon asks you: Do you want a paperback and/or um, ebook? And if you're smart in marketing, you'll say just one of them, because let's say there's a hundred people out there who want to buy the book, and if you want to be a bestseller, let's say you need eighty people, well, uh, to buy it. So if you have two versions and it goes 50-50 with those 100, you don't get your 80. But if you only have one version out there, you get them all on the one. So maybe two weeks later, okay. the, the second version will come out. Okay. And I would think as fast as right. I can sit down and record the thing, uh, then uh, the audio version will be out on um, Audacity.
0: Okay. Okay. Very, Very good. That's in- quite interesting. And uh, you have written me- a number of other books. Is it seven other books?
1: Well, depends how you count them. Or you okay, know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, something like that. So you've had experience in writing that. So uh, that's good. You know what the process is, uh, obviously. So that's good. Uh, so I was going to ask you, but are you hopeful? Yes, I am. Okay.
1: Um, all the sources that I tap into through channeling are telling me that in this step of evolution we're taking, a lot of old structures have to come down. And we're talking about finance, education, religion, government, food, water, health care, and media. They all have to be reformed. And it's, it's somewhat like a kitchen rental. You, you tear it all down before you build up something better. We're going through a phase right now of, I think, the tearing down, and things are bumpy. The planet is a sentient live being, and she's going to be in my book. Uh, I've spoken with her as well. Um, she is evolving to the fifth dimension of consciousness, and she's clearing out a lot of stuff, as we all are. And uh, in so doing, yeah, there's a lot happening on the planet. And it's uh, kind of dramatic and devastating in many cases. But unfortunately, I think we're having to go through that. And we will come out the other side. And um, I think things will be much improved.
0: Yeah.
1: But that, as I understand it, is really the process.
0: Okay. So anything else that you want to add about to what this whole book and your process anything else that you like people to know before they get the book well
1: the uh, third part of the book is the messages that the beings are delivering and I pick 10 of them uh, I call them the top 10 and I don't know if they're the best 10 or not but some of them clearly are one is self-love and I think if there is any message, Um, if there was only one message, it would be humans don't love themselves enough. Jesus said when he was on earth, he was misquoted, this love thy neighbor kind of thing. He said, no, he said, love yourself, then you can love your neighbor. He said, love everything, basically, but, um, you know, start with yourself. And he gives some tips for that, and they're in the book. But that's the number one message, and maybe number two is we are all one. We have been taught that God is separate from us, that it's over there, we're here, you're there, we're all separate. Not the case, as I understand it. We're all one. It's like there's a big bonfire, Marge, and it's throwing off sparks. Every one of those sparks has the same basic substance as the fire. Well, imagine God is the fire, and you and I are the sparks. Now, as The sparks that we are, we've elected to have a human experience. So for that, we need bodies and physicality and a physical universe. And that's what we're doing here. We're having the experience that ultimately goes back to the fire, expands the fire by virtue of those experiences. But we are God. Our essence is the creator. We are creators. Now, that's a hard one to get your mind around. It took me years and I don't think it's fully there yet anyway. But I think the number two message you, maybe the number one is we are all one. We're not just connected. We're actually one thing. Just many aspects all go off in different directions doing different things. Oh,
0: uh, I will read your book again uh, and I encourage everyone listening to also uh, read your book. It's a uh, some very very good messages. Uh, I I don't um, I don't like to call you older. I'm saying uh, like I refer to you as a senior citizen or an older person. I, I think of you as wise. So uh, I your wisdom has come forth on that in the book. So I do like Thank to you. end the podcast asking the same question of everyone. Name one thing that you really like about this community.
1: Not an easy one, Marge, but um, I think the fact that it is coming together as a community is the thing. Uh, The whole planet is, actually. You look at some of these floods and fires and watch how the people are coming together to help each other. I think there is more of an attitude of service to others as opposed to the old paradigm of service to self. I see that in Richmond Hill. Our new council exemplifies that. And as do the people who are on it. And uh, I think that's a global phenomenon that's happening right now. And it's part of our evolution. So I guess you could say uh, what I like about this community is it's becoming more and more of a community. I like that answer. Thank you.
0: We're having a connected community. So uh, I, I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Peter, for taking the time to do this podcast. It's been very interesting and eye-opening. So thank you again. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.